Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers! Tell all your grave robbing friends I'm with them out of the city now! Oh, with a shotgun. The streets gave birth to a stray dog who is now fed up. Living on the streets is tough. And it's about to get tougher. This hero is going to have to deliver justice one shell at a time. Hobo with a shotgun. Rated R. This is the zeroth nomination for The Action Room. That's right, The Action Room has never been nominated for anything. Ever. Woo! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Woo! We're keeping it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. For as long as we can. Okay, we just stayed up all night. Well, not all night. It's 12-12. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. Uh, we watch- are devoted to our geek radio show. Watching, oh, what you. is it, the, the 83rd, 83rd annual Academy what I like to call in the at least the opening part was Academy Awkwards. Yes, <laughs> there were a, a lot of awkward pauses. Uh, first, let's just yes. say I'm Tony Wolf. I'm producer Mike, and I'm Lauren Moran. And, and uh, uh, wow, that Academy Awards had a lot of very strange, awkward moments, didn't it? Yeah. Well, what did you think, Lauren? We didn't watch it with you, so what did you think? I thought it was funny for the most part. The fact that James right. Franco was stoned the <laughs> entire time. He just seemed either over it or stoned or both. Both. I think it was a combination of both, but I don't know. I actually, right. when I saw them both come on stage, I was kind of like, I can dig this. They kind of, yeah. they're young and they're kind of doing, it's almost like, it was actually almost like a throwback to old Hollywood in some ways. But mm-hmm. then ultimately, he just seemed tired through the rest of it. I don't yeah. know. He was really kind of funny, but halfway through, he just seemed to always be staring off to the side oh he was always looking slightly to the left the entire time i have to say his kind of uh comments his non-joke jokes were actually kind of funny oh yeah uh, the deadpan thing but eventually the deadpan jokes or the deadpan comedy became like i'm over this i want to go home oh yeah and his grandmother said the funniest line i got to meet marky mark (laughs) actually i thought the funniest part was when um justin timberlake and mila kunich were um were presenting and then and then right before he was about to announce who won, he goes, you know, like, yes. Mark. oh, right, right, right. <laughs> like, uh, who's it? Martin Sheen? No, yeah. Kirk, Kirk uh, Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Yeah. I'm sorry. Kirk Douglas. Which which you thought was awkward enough. But then uh, Melissa Leo. Oh, came Melissa on. Leo awkward it up much more. And she, she dropped the F-bomb. She, she was the one, the one that. The I know. Oh, you, yeah. Did you miss it? Or no, I, I, but I, I mean, before she yeah. dropped the F-bomb, she was just so awkward and speechless and stilted and pauses. See, and I think awkwardness is funny, though. So I just laughed the entire award show that it's was a, <laughs> it's definitely funny but um the banksy I, I was just hoping to see banksy right um right. but anyway maybe next time do you know banksy yes he's I a graffiti did artist. you see yes. the movie i didn't see the movie yet. i didn't see the movie but also justin timberlake saying that he was banksy right, right, right. <laughs> and i don't understand how banksy isn't arrested he does all this illegal because activity. he's completely anonymous nobody knows who he is but how can no one the producers I mean, of the movie they're just good at keeping secrets the cops must know who he is yeah. i mean i don't get it I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> they're not as good as the fbi so um all right now, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the Oscars, but mainly one thing, unfortunate news that came. Yeah, uh, sad news this we, week. Our last episode was all about the premiere with Christina Hendricks of at the All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman. And then we find out a week after the premiere... Go ahead. That Dwayne McDuffie passed away. Uh, this was a total shock was? to everyone. Absolutely. Well, he wrote he he wrote the adaptation of the All Star uh, Superman animated film. Mm-hmm. He was a longtime veteran, a very highly respected comic book writer. 
He wrote for uh, animation. He wrote for Justice League. He created Static, uh, Static Shock. So many things. He worked for so many animated shows as a writer, a producer, and developer. Uh, it was just really a shock, and it was one of those feelings. Myself, along with many other uh, geek bloggers, geek sites, we were all like, we just talked to him last yeah. week. It was one it was of those really sad passings I mean, where you're like, I just talked to this person. The, yeah. the premiere was on Monday, and he died the next Monday. It was like he had a surgery right. with and heart. And he passed something. away the day before or the day that the, uh, the DVD, DVD officially yeah. was released. I guess it was mm-hmm. the day before because Tuesdays is when DVDs come out. Right. But he did die, which was also weird, a day after his birthday. Really? Oh, weird. I yeah. didn't know oh, His wow. birthday was the day before. So anyway, let's play a little bit. Well, basically your interview that you right. did was very him. brief. Uh, it's just about mm-hmm. a minute. And uh, we asked him about ad- adapting it from Grant Morrison's book. And uh, right. uh, you also mentioned, uh, explain Damage oh, Control. Oh, Damage Control was a really terrific uh, comedy comic book series he did back in the late 80s about a, uh, a, a, a company, a firm, that is enlisted to clean up after superhero fights. Oh, that's <laughs> They're like a construction <laughs> company. And they come in and clean up the debris and deal with the aftermath that's of awesome. superhero battles. Have, have they brought that back, or would that be a movie? Uh, well, what I told him in the interview, Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, the writer, used Damage Control for like a brief cameo. Right, right. They did have a couple of Damage Control series uh, in the early 90s, I think. Occasionally they and show I, up in little ways. I wasn't completely aware, but you know, him creating Milestone, bringing a lot of black superheroes around. Yes. Now, were you familiar growing up to that Static Shock cartoon series at all? I wasn't, but I did watch Justice League Unlimited. So, like, oh, of course, you yeah. know, So, you know, a lot of kids talk about how, you know, when Green Lantern stuff comes out, they're like, wait, I thought the Green Lantern was black. And yeah, exactly. He's right, the right. reason that kids automatically associate Green Lantern with John Stewart. Just, he was such a tall, big guy. You wouldn't think yeah. he'd die in a week. I mean, it's oh, just Oh, yeah, so it's weird. crazy. Absolutely. So he had some sort of uh, surgery. He had heart surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it said. Wow. Hmm. Um, it's just like you go into surgery and you're like, okay, I'm going to get out and you die. I mean, yeah, that's just weird. Yeah. Um, all right, anyway, so let's play the clip right now. Okay. okay. Hey, this is Tony Wolf for the Daily Blam in the Action Room, and I'm here at the All-Star Superman premiere in New York City. I'm here with Mr. Dwayne McDuffie, a legendary comic book writer and writer of many of DC's animated properties, and he wrote the adaptation of Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. How are you, Dwayne? Oh, really good. What was the hardest part about adapting Grant Morrison's multi-issue storyline for an animated film? I think it was an embarrassment of riches. There were so many great scenes. There were so many things that we absolutely had to have in there in uh, a limited amount of time that the hardest thing was figuring out what not to use. Any behind-the-scenes stories about the making of the film on your end, running gags between you and Bruce Tim, or anything uh, in the camaraderie of the, uh, the bullpen of the artists and the writers? Bruce is my boss, and I fear him, so I would never... <laughs> ever do anything behind his back. He does have a sense of humor, though. That he can prove. (laughs) Will there be a return for your comic series Damage Control anytime soon? Because I love Damage Control. No plans, but damage control is harder to kill than cockroaches. You know, it's 20 years old, and it comes back every so often, and anytime uh, Marvel wants to do it, I am right there. And uh, what is next? When? What can you tell us about the Static Shock ongoing series that DC is doing in this year? Uh, There's a new Static Shock Monthly. Uh, Felicia Henderson, a a very gifted TV writer, uh, is uh, taking over brand new adventures of uh, Virgil and the uh, whole crew in Dakota. Awesome. So thank you very much, Dwayne McDuffie at the All-Star Superman premiere. Thanks so much for talking to the Action Room and the Daily Blam. All right. So I don't know if this is on the audio, but I said to him how tall he was. I'm like 6'3", and he's like 6'7". I remember remember saying to him, Dwayne, wow, you're a tall guy. (laughs) He was not only the first person that was as tall as you that that we interviewed, but taller than you. Yes, yes. 
Uh, all right. Anyway, so a little moving on to some happier news. Um, we had previews of two movies. Right. We went to some press screenings. Um, okay. Uh, and we saw uh, some very famous movie reviewers here, there. Rex Reed, if anyone's Is he heard. known outside of New York? Yeah, I he's don't just, know. He's kind of like a... He was a big guy with, in print for a right. long time. Mm-hmm. And he also... you for the New York Post, I think, Rex he Reed? He may. You know, I don't even know. Right. But it's just funny to go into the... See, I have to tell you, Lauren, the one thing that you haven't experienced yet, if you start going to these screenings, uh-huh. it is the best place to see a movie. Because basically a few things. One, it's just like a nice small theater where you don't you don't have a lot of noisy people and right. stuff. Two, you're not paying anything. It's That's clean, good. it's nice, it's it's very posh. And three, the most important thing, you get to see it so far early on that you don't know anything about the movie. That's and that's awesome. the best part because yeah. a lot of times yeah. I, I hate going to a movie because if you know something about it, you have a feeling about it before you get into it. You know, mm-hmm. this way you just don't know anything about it. Um, so yeah, Rex Reed, Jeffrey Lyons was also there. His yeah. son, I forget his name, somebody Lyons was on some shows and stuff like that. But anyway, these are legendary critics and we're sitting next to them as yeah. we're watching. And they were movie. like talking to each other and shooting the shit. That's I awesome. tried to strike up a conversation, but they didn't. Yeah, really, they Tony didn't. failed miserably. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't like directly address them. Yeah. They were just talking to to sort of to the air. So yeah. I talked to the air too. I think you have to be gay, Tony. Oh, to okay. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right. So the movies, yes. were Black Death, which is a medieval drama uh, with Sean Bean from Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Yeah, uh, if you know the first Lord of the Rings yeah, movie, he plays what's that character's name? Uh, he's the conflicted one. It was yeah, only in the first one. I don't know the character's but name. Black but Black Death, it, like, the plague of, of what era? The bubonic plague of the Middle Ages, the medieval era. It's 1398, I believe the movie is set in. And and it, it's a great film. It was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, just you really felt for these characters. Yeah. And it was just, it was a great take the way they did it. Because you didn't know how they were going to go, if it was going to be supernatural or realistic. And it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a review for the Daily Blam, which is on the site. Uh, but, you know, we were talking... It's such a small, dark, uh, sort of depressing indie film about the Middle Ages and the bubonic plague. Mm-hmm. I, I just we worry that this movie will not get seen. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the the other thing I want to add to this is just kind of sad how the, in this era, movies how they're being released at this point. Yes, distribution. Is that, as opposed to the first time you see them being in the theaters. Nowadays, it's like everywhere on demand first, and then they're going to be in the That's theaters. That's weird. Yeah. The, fa- the fact if a that movie's not super huge, these movies are released on iTunes and on demand and other downloadable formats before they hit theaters. And so if that's not mm-hmm. asked backwards and a sign of the movie industry collapsing in the next five years, I don't know what is. <laughs> but uh, but the last- Mike always predicts the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, yeah. You haven't been here long enough to know that. But, uh, yeah. The, the, I'm still going by this. And I, I with the news the way it is with Charlie Sheen and Gaddafi, I, I have to say that I'm still sticking by the end of 2012, the end of the world. So <laughs> he just um, wants. I like how Charlie Sheen is one of your signs of <laughs> well, like mi- that. Yeah, this politi- is it. <laughs> political collapse in the Middle East and Charlie Sheen. And yeah. Charlie Sheen. And the unions uh, dissolving or yes. the Republicans attacking the unions. <laughs> the- but all we want is our Avengers movie. Yeah. Give us our Avengers movie, then well, you can end the world. But I That's thought- for you guys, man. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah you're never gonna Batman. get a Justice League movie. What, right? No, but what Don't I even. what I thought was <laughs> uh, would be a great comic strip is a bunch of nerds online to see Avengers as the world is falling apart and UFOs are coming and everything, and they're like, it's just another one forty eight hours more. Like we got to, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, all right. So, but the movie we saw that we we oh. yeah we stumbled into a, a bonus screening that we weren't even scheduled for. We weren't mm-hmm. even sent on. And this movie, I have to say, is the best movie of the year for me. <laughs> 
And okay, it was a throwback. Before I say the title, it was a throwback. If you if you like any kind of trauma, B movies, eighties, grindhouse, grindhouse, schlocky, really like another one that they said that they were influenced. Class of nineteen eighty four, just really bad films, and they nailed it perfectly. And the film is called Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes, and it's with Rudger Hauer. The backstory is that these guys won a contest to do a trailer, a fake Grindhouse trailer for the Grindhouse movie with Tarantino, and they loved it so much that they made it into a movie. It is fucking awesome. Last thing I'll say about it is it's the first movie that I actually want to buy in a long time. And producer so. Mike never buys movies. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I thought it was awesome. we don't need to tell you much about it. See Hobo with a Shotgun. It does not disappoint. Now we just- It is more insane than anything you've ever seen. Lauren, probably not being too familiar with like these types of films yeah. it, completely. What you, you saw the trailer. What do I you think of it? it? What sense I did you get? I want to see yeah. it. I just it looks badass. Did you see the Grindhouse movies? The, the... I did. Okay. I thought those were awesome. And also like the field like it had like a sort of warrior's feel, but not yeah. as oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like yes. warrior's clockwork orange sort of thing, definitely, especially definitely. with the music and the colors and stuff. So, did, uh, And it was shot in Technicolor, which I didn't even know was a process yeah. they still did. But now, did you, um, what was the film I was going to ask? Did you see, oh, did you see like Toxic Avenger or any of those kinds of Yeah, films? but a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, like yeah. when I was younger, I saw them, so I it's don't. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anyway, I think that's about it. What do you, okay, you want well, to say? Anything? Uh, anything else about the Academy Awards themselves? Uh, King's Speech, uh, we all knew that that would win pretty Toy much Story 3 most won. of everything. Toy oh, Story, but Toy Story 3 Toy did, did win its animated category. That's so you didn't have to burn the city down. So that's <laughs> well, that's right. I said if Toy Story 3... I, I vowed earlier when we we did our draw here thing. Should yeah. we talk about that? Uh, well, real quick. Go okay. Yeah. But I vowed that if Toy Story 3 did not win Best Animated Film, I would... Uh, torch the city of New York. I would go into the streets with pitchforks and, 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 and torches and flames. So is that what we're doing after the show? Yes. Gonna, okay. No, it won Best Animated Feature, oh, and that's okay. what he... Well, I still want to do that. But this it's is, New York City. This is proof that having 10 nominations for movie is bullshit, because... Why would you have Toy Toy Story in the best movie and best? I mean, that's just retarded, you know. No, so, because yeah. it's it was my favorite like, movie of the year. I love. Oh it. no, we love the again, movie. I'm like, no, and no, it was no, all no. about giving it the respect for that nomination. But I'm just. Yeah. But it's odd that it's in two categories. No, yeah. But by giving true. it both, you're potentially saying that it could win both, which is retarded. It couldn't. Yeah. So it's just. I oh, don't by know. the way, did you notice this? Toy Story three got uh, got nominated for best adapted screenplay. Yeah. And they I said based was... on the previous two. Mo- I thought that was. Not- I know. Yeah, a sequel is not an adaptation. It's a technicality. I don't. But know. you notice that too, right? Yeah. No, I was like, wait, what book? Who wrote the book Toy Story Three? And, and the voiceover guy goes, based on the previous yeah. two films. <laughs> right. Whoa, is Iron Man Two an adaptation? Because it's Iron I know. Man One, based uh, off a comic book. I don't know. That's bullshit. Who knows? Um, all right, uh, all right. So let's end it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Oh yeah, the, right. our draw here events. We just started them. Events. We're burning <laughs> events. up the city <laughs> with <laughs> our draw here drawing group. We're gonna set our pictures on fire. The that premise, the fuel. The pre- yeah, right. The premise is basically that we find a new public place to draw every week, and uh, go to Twitter. Uh, at draw at draw here. Let me tell you, we dominated the Starbucks. Oh uh, yeah! And, somebody, and Lauren did a fantastic Sandman Mystery Theater. You, yeah, Sandman. Well, you can check our, our picks on the Twitter account. And somebody loves your laugh. Well, yeah, some guy <laughs> yes. on you, the way you out. You get that a lot. People liking your laugh. Yeah, some people. Yeah, in, in <laughs> class a lot, just because things set me off. And sometimes I have teachers who like say things just to set off my laugh. So. Uh, Do you get anybody who's annoyed by your laugh? I'm sure there are people who are yeah. annoyed by it. Right. I don't fuck them. <laughs> fuck it. Well, one thing we you learned just laugh about- in their face. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll close on this note. One thing we learned about Lauren. 
You better know your geek stuff if you're going to oh, yeah. talk to Lauren. <laughs> we'll get into that in another she story. She will sh- talk to the hand. She Lauren's will beat got a you lot up. of stories. Yeah. She, will, she will call you out, I and she will, she, will, she will go house on you. <laughs> yeah. So if, you're not, yeah. if you're not a nerd, you're not cool. That's okay. Right. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next week. All right. Peace out.